Science fiction has helped society look to the future with shows like Star Trek, Doctor Who, and Battlestar Galactica. And movies like Star Wars, The Matrix, and The Avengers have helped us pioneer the use of new technologies and to never give up on the human spirit. Fantasy stories like The Lord of the Rings, The Chronicles of Narnia, and even the game Dungeons and Dragons have helped us look at the past with an open mind, but have led us to question the fundamental principles like good and evil, right and wrong, reality versus fantasy, and to question our morality versus our humanity. Cosplay has always blurred the lines between science fiction, fantasy, and reality. For those to participate in the hobby, advancements in technology have caused more and more people to participate in cosplay. With the addition of 3D and resin printers, it's even easier to make and mass-produce the costumes and props from our favorite TV shows and movies. To the public, the ever-expanding worlds of science fiction and comic book conventions have led to more and more cosplayer interactions. This podcast is your exclusive space for science fiction news. This podcast is your place to catch up on the world of fantasy. This podcast is your place to talk about the role of cosplay. This podcast is... The Galaxy Folks, welcome to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. I have with me two, that's right, two people in the studio today. I have with me Austin the Inquisitor. Hello. And I am Bob Crispin, your host. And I'm sure you're going, wait a minute, you've had like up to five people in the studio. Normally what is going on? There's no longer three. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so I just want to address this real quick because you know what? The year 2020 and 2021, and I know we're only like, what, 10 days into 2021? They yeah. both suck. That's all I'm going to say. They suck. I'll just say this. On a personal level, I had a really rough 2020. It's why you didn't see a lot of episodes towards the end of 2020. And COVID definitely had its impact on our podcast. There is no doubt about that. Uh, We tried to break through and break past that. But now Gary suddenly is having some issues personally as well. So here's what I say to my GalaxyCast audience. I know a lot of you have appreciated having Gary on the show. And I have a feeling he'll be back as soon as he possibly can. But Gary's got some of his own personal issues going on, and I will say this. Just uh, give him your thoughts and prayers. Gary's going through a tough time in his life right now. I've been there. I know what it's like. And Gary, our thoughts and prayers are with you, and, and we're really thinking about you, bud. It's, it's been a tough year for us. I know it's been a tough year for you. So right now, we are flying high with just Austin and myself. Keeping Gary's chair warm, that's all We're keeping Gary's chair warm, sure. <laughs> and, of course, Tara, who my other, you know, pseudo uh, sidekick here, she's back at college. And, of course, she's trying to do culinary school through COVID. Yeah. Uh, that's not easy, by the way. So keep no. her in your thoughts and prayers because imagine being a culinary student in the middle of this madness, you know, with big old plastic things all around you <laughs> while you're cooking. And, oh, by the way, the professors can't taste your food. Because, you know, COVID. So, yes. Really? It's been, it's been rough on her. It's been rough on everybody. This whole thing's been just crazy. So my hopes is that as we get into 2021, I'm kind of rebranding the podcast. As you listen to this show today, you're going to hear some different things. For example, you will probably start hearing with every episode a self-produced parody 
commercial that's mm-hmm. going to be tied to whatever we're watching, whether it's The Mandalorian, Stargirl, or whatever it is we decide we're watching. I'm going to make a parody commercial tied to that episode. I haven't really titled that at all. You're just going to hear that during our, our break session. Uh, I thought that would be kind of fun. 2021, I think, needs some levity after how serious 2020 was. So I'm going to try to give you as much levity as I can. Also in our break section, I'm going to introduce a new title sequence called uh, The Rest of the Galaxy Cast Story. Now, I want to kind of set that up for our audience here. If you have ever listened to Paul Harvey, uh, now I grew up. Uh, Listening to several radio show hosts, people like Rush Limbaugh, uh, Mark Levin, and others, I also listened to Paul Harvey with my father when I was younger. I was always, always, always impressed with Paul Harvey's The Rest of the Story. And basically what he would do is he would give you all these facts about a person or would tell you a story from a certain perspective, not telling you who that person is or what the story is about. And then suddenly, in the middle of nowhere, you would find out that, hey, that's Abraham Lincoln, or that's George Washington, or that story's about Hitler, or whatever, and you would just be, like, blown away that you got some information that you didn't know initially. I'm going to do that, but I'm going to do it with science fiction characters. And I'm going to say this, they're not all Star Wars characters. So I'm going to warn you, when you listen to that segment, understand... You may not always hear a Star Wars character. We've been really, really heavy on Star Wars stuff, and I'm going to start breaking away from that a little bit as well. Uh, Also, based on our new intro that I'm sure you just heard, uh, you figured out that we are no longer focusing just on Star Wars. Just because of the way things are going all of a sudden, we're going to focus on Star Wars and more. So we are focusing Mm -hmm. on Star Wars. We're focusing on fantasy, things like Lord of the Rings, because there's a new Lord of the Rings TV show coming out, if you didn't realize that, and we're probably going to be touching on that, I'm sure. Um, there's things like Marvel's WandaVision and Winter Soldier coming out. We're going to talk about that just a little bit here. And we're going to, we're going to be watching those and talking about that. So we are not going to be a strictly Star Wars podcast now. We're going to cover it all. Fantasy, sci-fi, uh, cosplay. I'm going to keep you up to date on cosplay news, things that are going on, maybe even tips and tricks. So yes, we are going to be expanding our horizons here in 2021, uh, with hopes that maybe that'll help our audience expand their horizons as well. Okay, with all of that said, let's get into our big opening topic for today, and that is we are going to talk about the things that we learned from Disney's Investor Day this year, titled D23. Okay, so the first thing I can tell you right now is we know there are a ton, ton of Star Wars and Marvel TV shows coming to Disney+, and all of them are actually look pretty decent. And I'm actually kind of excited, not just about TV shows, there's also movies, we'll talk about those in a little bit too, but all this looks pretty, pretty gosh darn exciting. My big thing about Disney Plus, though, is they should have had all this stuff in place before they launched Disney Plus. Part of me says you might get your Disney customers back now, but you kind of lost them during COVID because you didn't have anything new, Disney, nothing new to offer. And unfortunately, when you do that, you lose uh, a segment of your population. On top of that, when finances get tight, first thing that'll go is anything luxury. Well, Disney Plus can be considered luxury right. more than anything. Exactly. So. so, we know that The Mandalorian obviously continued on on Disney Plus. Well, now, thanks to what we saw uh, in the in this past season of The Mandalorian, there are now two new spin-offs. 
I guess I, I could say these are spoilery, but at this point they shouldn't be, considering if you've been on the internet and out of a hole in the last time in the six months, you should know this information already. So yeah. first off, spinoff that's coming out of The Mandalorian is there's going to be an Ahsoka show that's going to star uh, Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano. That cannot be a surprise to anybody. And Rangers of the New Republic. Uh, I'm assuming... That Rangers of the New Republic will probably be covering those X-Wing pilots plus people that are out in the uh, outer quadrant searching around for people. Mm. Uh, so there's also uh, rumors that Timothy Oliphant might actually show up in Rangers of the New Republic. At least uh, it looks like there's a petition. By the way, I will have all this stuff in a show notes with from Collider.com that this is what we're reading off of. We also got details on an Andor potential spinoff and of course that's Cassian Andor from the Rogue One movie that we could actually see Diego Luna and others actually be in there's an Obi-Wan Kenobi series that's coming out Ewan McGregor is expected to play the guy on that one uh, we know that that had actually been in discussions before but now we're actually getting confirmation that's actually happening they saw footage from the Bad Batch which is a new animated spinoff from the Clone Wars Created by Dave Filoni. A lot of people were excited about this. I do know, too, by the way, if you didn't weren't aware of it, there are Star Wars fans that were hoping that wouldn't happen. Why? Uh, well, I kind of see what they're saying. Their big thing is the Clone Wars ended. And they were kind of hoping that, that since that wrap-up happened, that would officially wrap it up. I kind of understand that that viewpoint. Although Filoni and his ever wisdom created the Bad Batch, so now you kind of want to know more about it, right? So that's, yeah, and I that's think that's why like... they... I'm more of the the Bad Batch show is supposed to be placed also after Order 66, so we're seeing that particular thing, and I'm curious to see what we'll do with that. Maybe we'll have them fighting the uh, Republic Commandos. Maybe. As Imperial Commandos and such. Possibly, possibly. Then there's this new series called The Acolyte, which is supposed to be a female-led Star Wars series set in the High Republic era of the franchise. Uh, there is an announcement coming very soon, if it has not happened already, that they are going to stop and rename all the eras. So we had the before the Battle of Yavin, the after the Battle of Yavin. They've had the, like this kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, then you had the Rebel, the Empire, New Republic eras. I, uh, according to my sources, at least from what I know, you're going to very soon see different names for that. High Republic era is, uh, is going to be part of that. Uh, High Republic is going to be back when the Jedi were kind of like a big deal and they were on top of the world and there were thousands of them. And that's supposedly almost like the Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, Yes. Knights of the Old Republic, I think, is going to get replaced by High Republic. So it's going to be that era. So that would make the New Republic post Empire. Maybe. I'm not even sure. When they're saying Rangers of the New Republic and it's supposed to be possibly we don't know playing in with the okay, we don't know. Also, there's a new series being developed by Justin Simeon called Lando. Now, what I think is involved about, or what's interesting about that one is Donald Glover has not been announced as Lando in that series, which kind of scares me a little bit. Why isn't Donald Glover being Lando? And if he's not, man, fans are going to lose their crap over that one. Because he was a good Lando. The, well, not just that Donald Glover was a good Lando, but I'm sorry, as far as we're concerned, he is Lando. Yeah. I'm and sorry. without him, it just doesn't seem reasonable. Be like Marvel, not like DC. <laughs> Please and thank uh, you. Now, there's two anime series coming out, something called Visions and another one called A Droid Story. We're supposed to see some new robotic heroes alongside C-3PO and R2-D2. Um, so, again, that's that's just the Star Wars side 
of what was announced at D23, which just that's that enough right there. All the Star Wars fans went, Ugh. you know, like, like they, they had some sort of, you know, just kind of a crazy moment. And it's kind of like when you down a Red Bull and you come off the other side of it, right? Like, it's like, yes. Um, but then they kept talking uh, at that same that same panel about Marvel and they get into the Marvel things and the, the Star Wars fans who were also Marvel fans like me were like, oh, my gosh, no more. Okay, so obviously we got our first good look at WandaVision, which they keep sending commercials out on TV. If you haven't seen them yet, go check them out. They're on YouTube, They're too. interesting. They are very interesting. WandaVision is not going to be your typical show. I'm warning you right now, if you're expecting a typical Marvel TV show, you that's not what WandaVision is going wait to be. Out, wait for Falcon and Winter Soldier. That's going to be more typical. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> WandaVision is going to be kind of like a mind, you know, it's going to play gonna, with your head. Is it going to be kind of like Legion? TV show Legion, it's going to be kind of like that, but I don't think it'll be as extreme uh, as Legion I watched was. one episode of Legion with it, you and my head hurt. It will not be as extreme as Legion, like okay. I just said, but it's going to play with your head. They're going to have you in different eras, the 1980s, the 1950s. The 70s, the 90s, so it's, they're going to jump around. So, so they're going to treat it like it's a TV flipping between time periods. Kind of, yes. Okay. Uh, uh, at least if they stick to what the one Wanda and Vision comic book was kind of like. That's the way it oh. This that, is a comic book? Oh. Yeah, it was a comic book. Wanda and Vision, if you didn't know, were married. I knew that they were married, but and I thought that was just... they had a child. Wait, what? They had a child. Um... I have several questions okay. <laughs> on how the heck that works, because he's a robot. <laughs> ah, but he's an android. This is so weird. <laughs> Looking at the... Okay, we pulled up the... Okay, so Wanda... I know, I brought, I brought it up because you were like, wait, what just happened? So I guess I should bring this out to the public. Okay, oh so Scarlet Witch and the Vision take leave of absence from the Avengers, and she conceives twin boys named Thomas and William. As the Vision is an android, she conceived them using magic. Wanda gives birth, and the Vision eventually leaves the East Coast to join the West Coast Avengers. So believe it or not, they have twin sons. That is weird. And why is... Um, so, from my understanding in the comic books, at least in the comic books, he gives his DNA to her, and, and she uses magic to get impregnated. Oh. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen in the series. I'm just saying it happened in the comic books. It's not a joke. It did happen. It's not a lie. Okay. I read the comic books as they were coming out. It was kind of weird and odd even when it came out. The one I'm excited about is Falcon and Winter Soldier coming out. Although it's been pushed back now to March of 2021. Damn you, Marvel. Why they would put WandaVision out before the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I'm not quite sure. I think they're going to scare Marvel fans off, uh, which it, scares me a little bit. It could be production. Uh, it was. From, actually, it happened because of COVID and production rules and all sorts of crazy stuff that was going I'm on. I'm thinking more along the lines, a lot of Falcon and Winter Soldier looks like it's taking place around the world, whereas WandaVision yes. might be something that could be put on a set and controlled. Yes, actually, Wanda is so a lot of green they, screening, and they didn't do a lot of green screening in Falcon and Winter Soldier. So they can kind of put Correct. that one out quick because it's yes. done. But you know, the fact that they're pushing it, pushing Falcon and Winter Soldier after WandaVision, like I said, worries me it might scare off some Marvel fans where they're like, whoa, once they watch WandaVision. And I'm hoping that they hang out for Falcon and Winter Soldier because I think it'll bring them back to the fold. I'm really excited about Falcon and Winter Soldier because we are about to introduce one of my more favorite characters. Not my favorite, but one of my more favorite, which is U.S. Agent. I loved that version of Captain America. I know there are a lot of people like, wait, what? He's a bad guy. I'm like, he's not really, if you really pay close he attention. He sits more on the the line of between 
between anti-hero and hero. Right, right. Um, I, I think he had the right intentions but was given the wrong information is kind of what, how I view uh, a U.S. agent. And unfortunately, he sits in the middle. But I'm just excited to see him. I'm excited to see Baron Zemo. I'm excited to see Falcon and Winter Soldier working together, which I think will be an interesting combination. And it's just going to be really cool. By the way, for those who are curious, my favorite... Uh, uh, Marvel character. Who's my favorite Marvel character, Austin? Captain America. Wrong. He's number two. U.S. Agent's number three. Uh, Black Knight. Black Knight. There you go. And he's about to come out in a movie. So this is like about to be a good year for me, Marvel-wise. <laughs> Dead sitting um, there going, do it right. Crap. I will hurt you if you don't. I, I will lose my crap. I, I will okay. execute you. So everybody's asking, like, what's, what's my viewpoint on the Black Knight? What do I want to see? Okay, so I'll tell you what I don't want to see. I do not want to see the lightsaber, <laughs> leather jacket toting. Let's just simplify it to the Marvel beefcaked version of the Black Knight, the Let's... one where his chest is bigger than every woman's on the face of the earth. Let's just simplify it to the Marvel Now timeline, because yeah, that's the one like that's that out version. in the new Marvel timeline no. with the superior Iron Man with the endocrine no. suit and cap, and that's First Falcon. Off, Give him the traditional helmet. Don't give him the old, I don't know how to describe it, the like old uh, medieval yeah, <laughs> bucket head version <laughs> of the Black Knight. Give him the cool, you know, modernized helmet. Maybe I'll bring it out during the podcast one of these times and show you guys what I was I'm talking gonna say. about. The other thing, too, is give him a damn sword, okay? Not some dang lightsaber thing. He, he has the ebony blade. It is a blade that is black. Okay, it is ebony. That's the term ebony blade. And it also is imbued with magic. So that's going to be important and make sure that happens. Maybe there's some history to it. Maybe he picks up the sword when it's in Strange's uh, Sanctum Satorum or something. Well, there is rumors that they, that he the sword itself may be explained during Strange's Multiverse of Madness. Correct. Yes. Which is coming out. It's coming out after uh, we actually see. <laughs> I'm looking uh, at the list. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Uh, so, moving on, and coming in May of 2021 is Loki, which we know is going to be kind of interesting because it's going to be about him traveling through time. Uh, we also got confirmation that Haley Stanfield will be deed playing Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye series, coming in late of 2021. And they also teased the Animal, or the Marvel Studios animated series What If. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, I saw some footage from it. I think the f- one of the episodes going to be in the first season is... What if Peggy Carter was got Cap. the super soldier yep. serum? Yep. Not Cap. Yeah, they said that was going to happen. she becomes the female Captain Britain, which is a very interesting uh, take. I like the idea. Okay, and then there announces a brand new series is ones like Ironheart. Uh, now, Ironheart is going to be based on all of the children who are inspired by Tony Stark. Uh, have their own iron armor. There was a series called Iron Wars. In the Marvel novel comics, she's actually the daughter of right, Stark. Of Stark himself, which we had her introduced in the last movie. So it's a possibility that, that we use that as a jumping off point for Iron Heart. We will have Secret Invasion starring Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, <laughs> I, I like Secret Invasion because maybe, just maybe... That thing that I had alluded to a long time ago may actually be coming to fruition because Marvel has indeed said, be careful, everything now is interconnected, including our TV series. And I say that because if Secret Invasion says, hey, the Skrulls have been on Earth, the Skrulls have been infiltrating everything, and Samuel L. Jackson reveals, hey, the Skrulls are where you least expect them, guess who could have been a Skrull? Uh, Stark and Cap. 
Stark and Cap, or any of the Avengers for that matter. Could have been Thor, could have been, right? So we don't know where they've infiltrated, and I know you're angry about this, but I'm excited because that now says, hey, hey guys, guess what? The Skrulls could be anyone and anywhere, which also, by the way, could be a way to bring two things into the fold. First off, that could bring the Fantastic Four into the fold, because Which if I'm you didn't okay know, with. one of the big baddies of the Fantastic Four is the Super Scrolls and the Super Scroll. Yes, the Super Scroll is the one that takes all the Fantastic Four's powers and steals them all if you don't know that. Okay? Now, the other thing you could bring into the fold is the idea of the Secret War. So Secret Invasion could lead to Secret War, which could be really cool, too. Uh, also, there's going to be a series of shorts starring I Am Groot. And the Guardians of the Galaxy is going to have a holiday special written and directed by James Gunn, uh, which they're hoping to have released it released uh, Christmas of 2022, just before the big new uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movie on 2023. Here's what I will say about that. I believe I'm I'm calling this now. I believe the Galaxy, the the Guardians of the Galaxy movie in 2023 will be the last Guardians of the Galaxy movie. I'm calling it. I think James Gunn will step away. I think. Peter Quill will step away. I, I think you, this is the end of the Guardians as we know them, and you will not see another Guardians of the Galaxy. You don't movie. think that they'll replace them with a different team? No, I think they're going to retire Guardians of the Galaxy. I think they're done with them for now. They may decide five phases from now, you know, after I'm dead, to bring Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy back. Um, but I don't think they're going to do it in my lifetime. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that... I'm, I'm going to say that. that I'm going to say this. I don't think Chris Pratt's going to want to step away from the Star Lord role. Oh, I do, I do. Mm. I think he's tired of it. I think he's okay. done with it. Oh, so yeah, there were also updates on Moon Knight. It is coming. They they said it is a thing. It's actually happening. On She Hulk, we have confirmed that Tatiana Maslany will play the role. Tim Roth will be returning from the Incredible Hulk alongside Mark Ruffalo as Hulk. So I think that's interesting. Who's Tim Roth playing? Tim Roth played... You mean uh, Abomination? Abomination will be returning, yes. Oh. Oh, yes. we got a Hulk trio there right. in She-Hulk. See, oh. that's going to be important. She-Hulk, Abomination, oh. Hulk. Um, I think that's going to be a big deal. Could we see a Hulk, She-Hulk on a uh, takedown on Abomination? I... I yeah, I think you're going to see some team-ups. I think you're going to see some really cool oh, stuff. Oh, that's going to be so cool. We're also going to see Ms. Marvel. Okay. They're saying that Aman Vellani and the title role looks perfect. That That is all definitely in the pipeline. Those are no longer rumors. Those have been confirmed. It's also been confirmed, going back to the Star Wars side of things, that Hayden Christensen, who played Anakin Skywalker, became Darth Vader, will actually be in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series as Darth Vader. They have said it mm. is as Darth Vader. Now, this has a lot of Star Wars fans ticked off. Why would uh, you think they'd be ticked off, Austin? They're going to be ticked off because Vader did not appear alongside Obi-Wan until Episode 4. But one and what did Obi-Wan say in Episode 4? I haven't felt his presence in a long time. Well, that was Vader who said that. But yes, actually, that's, there's both sides of this. There's there's Obi-Wan who says, I have not been referred to Obi-Wan in a long, long time. Or he also says, I have not heard that name when he was referencing um, uh, Anakin Skywalker in a long, long time. So there's kind of a question of, well, how the heck does that happen if Darth <sighs> Vader shows up on Tatooine to, to or if Obi-Wan goes off of Tatooine and sees Darth Vader? The only thing we can figure, the only thing we can figure, uh, that I can figure is that you're going to have some flashbacks. I have a different solution. What do you think Or rather, a different... Somebody else I watched on YouTube from Star Wars Theory, okay. this, the YouTube channel, has another theory. In the new Marvel comics with Vader, mm -hmm. there are tense force 
visions or dreams. One of which where Vader actually battles Anakin and does everything Obi-Wan does to turn into Vader. So he's up on the high ground. Anakin goes to jump over him. He slices his arms off. So what he theorizes is Obi-Wan's going to be battling force visions of ghosts of Vader so powerful that they're real in his mind. So kind of like a flashback. Kind of like a flashback. More more of like a training of a force ghost style. I get it. If that makes sense. I get it. I just, I think it's a little over the top. I don't think it needs to be done personally. Um, Here's my deal. Can we be done with Vader? Like, I'm serious. I'm not trying to be mean or, or cruel. I'm just being honest. Can we just be done with Darth Vader? Like that yeah. to me, that that needs to happen. So some other things that got revealed is that Patty Jenkins is going to direct a new Star Wars movie titled Rogue Squadron, which of course had every single one of my Rebel Legion friends losing their 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 stuff. Right? Why was Tiki Watiti replaced? I think the reason you're seeing Taika Watiti replaced is I have a feeling he's going to be busy with some other projects. Um, I will reveal what those are later because I'm waiting for Disney to announce them. But I, I think they're coming out very soon. And I th- and this is the same director who did he Wonder did Woman 1984. Nine, Wonder Woman 1984, but more importantly... Uh, actually, no. You're talking about Patty Jenkins. She yeah, did sorry, Wonder sorry, Woman sorry. 1984. Taika Waititi, uh, I, he's done several Mandalorian episodes. I think you're going to see more of that. I think there are other things he is working on that you're not aware of yet. Yeah. But he is working on them. I am, for one, I'm kind of interested to see where they go with Rogue Squadron as a movie. I'm glad it's not going to be a trilogy. I'm glad that they're getting away from this idea of having trilogies. I know you may not actually agree with that. Well, I kind of feel like that's the Star Wars uh, MO that Lucas set up. And then the prequels picked up. And then the sequels picked up. I kind of want to see... See, I I think that... I I like the idea where they do with Marvel, where they're interspicing other stories with it, as well as doing... See, the that's, trilogy. That's where I think I could see Rogue Squadron being the final breakaway from that, where it could be interweaving other ideas together with Star Wars, but it you know it doesn't need to be told in a trilogy based format. The reason I think they're trying to get away from trilogies, it's really hard with trilogies because here's the real reality: trilogies are always going to look the same. You're going to have some tragic thing happen in the first act. Mm-hmm. In the second act, it's going to become more dire and more tragic, so that by the third act, the resu- resolution there's a resolution is a and a complete redemption of everything that happened in the first two acts, right? Uh, that is the typical trilogy, always, forever, always will be. Isn't that the hero's uh, that journey is the anyways? Yes, that is the hero's arc. And who said that was the hero's arc? Do you know? J.J. Uh, Abrams? George Lucas. J.J. Oh. Um, talked about it in a TED he Talk. Did. He did. He talked so about it in a TED Talk. So don't be mad. But J.J. <laughs> talked about it in a TED Talk because that's what George Lucas said years before and said that that is the typical story arc for every hero that ever was. And when you look at <laughs> when you look at every hero, and he's talking like all the way back to the Iliad and the Odyssey, right back to Greek mythology, mm-hmm. that is the kind of hero's arc every story has ever taken and i think the reason disney's walking away from the trilogy idea is they're trying to get away from that that idea only because it is now predictable right i think that's why a lot of fans did not like the last three star wars films it actually did get predictable completely predictable at the end come on you can't tell me you did not see that somehow kylo ren was going to redeem himself with rey well, I knew he was going to redeem himself, but I was hoping that the big question Ray was would... how, right? Like, how is he going to redeem himself? <laughs> and this is going to make me sound like a complete pain in the rear. I wanted Ray to die. I didn't want 
Kylo being the one to sacrifice. I wanted Rey to sacrifice herself and die, and then Solo, rather, Ben takes up the idea of rebuilding the Jedi Order as his master, Luke, would have wanted it. Right. I get it. I why, get it. Why does it have to be Rey? She's a... I saw more depth in Kylo's character than I did in Rey. Rey sa- seemed to play her course by the time Rice and Scott were granted. Okay, so I did want to read one last one last thing here that, that Disney did release uh, as information. And they kind of wanted... They put this out there because I think they wanted the public to know. Everything in the Marvel Universe now is going to be completely interconnected. So WandaVision is going to tie to Doctor Strange and the Multi-Universe of Madness, which, by the way, is going to co-star Elizabeth Olsen. Okay, coming out in 2022. As in one of the Olsen twins? No. Oh. Elizabeth, different Olsen. Well. Uh, not that Olsen, no. Uh, we know that Ms. Marvel herself, that's Amon Vellani, is going to appear in Captain Marvel 2 on November of 2022. How is Amon Levani? Vellani. Vellani, sorry. How's that playing in? I thought it's... Uh... She's Ms. Marvel. So Ms. Marvel is going to appear in Captain Marvel 2. Oh. Okay. Uh, alongside Teani Paris is the grown version of Monica Rambeau. Okay, that's going to appear in WandaVision. So we don't know who that is yet, but that's a person that's going to be in Captain Marvel 2. They do say other MCU characters are teased to appear on She-Hulk and are believed that the events of Secret Invasion will somehow uh, interconnect and have ramifications on the somatic side of the Marvel Studios universe. In other words, what they're telling you is to get the most of the upcoming Marvel slate, you're going to want to watch everything. The TV shows and the movies included, or you're going to go to the movies and go, huh? Eric warned about this. I, I think Eric has a valid point. And I also think Gary had some and issues, Gary has with, issues this. with this. He had issues with it when it was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the yep. movies. Now, the reason I think Gary had an issue with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was he didn't watch every minute episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Didn't want to. I get it. Not everybody got into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think the shows we're going to see coming out are going to be more interesting. I think WandaVision everybody's going to want to see. I think people are going to want to see Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, but... If it's all that interconnected, it's going to be a lot to take in. And you're expecting a lot of your audience. Uh, I do wonder, and and Eric talked about this, If are, are we, like Star Wars, is it a potential we're finally getting to a point with Marvel where we might actually be hitting oversaturation? Hmm. Are we expecting people to do too much Marvel watching and Marvel have too much reading. love for Marvel and we'll, we're just assuming they're going to drop everything in their life to go whatever for a Marvel movie. And part of me wants to say they got to be careful how far they take that because that may not actually play out in their favor. In the long run, I do think it's possible that you could get over-Marveled, as it were. I think that's a... We're going to make that an adjective <laughs> now. You could be over-Marveled at what you're seeing. And I do worry that 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 will uh, that will have an impact. And I never thought I would agree with Eric on that, but I'm beginning to see that with Star Wars. I'm beginning to see a beginning of that for Marvel. That sounds weird. Remember how I started this podcast and blog? What was I trying to do when I first started? Do you remember a long time ago in a Back galaxy when it was far, Jedi far away? Count, Jedi Council, Council speaks. speaks. So good. Night. What did I run alongside the Jedi Council speaks? Do you remember? Uh, it's still out there if you search for it. You were trying to understand and decipher and... I started reading all the Star Wars books in timeline order. Yeah. In order and this to... was before we had legacy timeline versus non-legacy. Yeah. So this is all uh, the I, Zon... I'm going to be honest with you. I have completely given up 
on either of those. I don't think I'll be able to read the old series all the way through. I don't think I'll be able to read the new series. I've given up. I won't. There's too many books. There's too much to read. There's too much to take in. There's been too many resets. I, I don't think it's possible. I don't think anybody can do that. I'm sure there are people out there going to say, I do it. No, you don't. You think you do, but you don't. I'm sorry. There's just no physical possible way to read all the books, to know every story, to know every little thing, to read every little nuance, to have read every Star Wars insider, to have read every single comic book, to have read every single novel, to have watched every TV show, so to know w- every nuance of everything. Bull. I don't. Sorry. So not even George can do that. There's a dang computer <laughs> trying to keep track of that for George Lucas, and he's not even doing Star Wars anymore. So, so at what I'm point sorry. does Star Wars actually die? Well, I think at what point is Star Wars just completely oversaturated within the culture? And I have fear that Marvel is running down that same track, right? How many times do we have to reboot things, redo things, rehash things? By the way, if you didn't know, Marvel, as in the comic book, has just reintroduced... Guess guess who they reintroduced? Just fairly recently. Uh, just in time for a new movie to come out. Black Knight? Yep. Yep, they're putting the Black Knight in a new a new comic book, and then he will get his own exclusive series. It's going to come out in February of this year. It starts in February. Is it, is it the muscly uh, biker lightsaber one? I don't know. We have not seen any like uh, comic book art for it yet, but it's supposed to start this winter, go through the spring, and get you ready for the Eternals movie, which I think comes out next, uh, next year in the fall. So all of that's supposed to be intertied as well. And again, I say it is too much to expect everybody to read and watch every little thing that they're doing. I, and it's a cash cow. So Disney's going to milk it for everything they got. But ding, ding. it's where it's become an issue. Yep. Okay, so let me ask you. What's the one thing you're most excited about seeing out of all this D23 information? Um, most of everything. All of it. Okay. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I, I'd be saying if it's the first thing that's going to come out as WandaVision, I'm going to watch it with an open mind, but I'm going to be kind of skeptical about if they go too far to the point where it's going to seem like Legion or it's going to seem like other shows that are too complex, then I'm going to get a little worried that the show won't make it. Okay. I have hope. I have faith. I have a little bit of like... I Marvel do, I madness. I truly believe that WandaVision is a one-off. I think it is I, I, truly a one-off. I don't think you're going to get more than two seasons out of it. I don't. Think, I think you're going to get one, and that's it. Mm. Me, the thing I'm most excited to actually of seeing, believe it or not, I'm, I'm most excited, uh, and, and most people probably have figured this out by not seeing U.S. Agent, uh, you know, being on even on the small screen. That's fine. That's I'm, I'm okay with him being just on TV and not necessarily in a movie. Um, that's cool with me. But there's a lot. We, we were just talking. There's there's new trailers and stuff. We were going to look at some of those. We're going to unpack that later. By the way, Austin and I have watched Wonder Woman 1984. We have some of our own opinions about that. Yeah. We will get to that in a later podcast. And I do want to talk about Wonder Woman 1984, the goods and the bads. Um, there's we, both kind of the movie, and we can talk us. about that. Uh, we've talked about it a little bit. I think we might watch the movie again before we do yeah. that with you guys. Um, but, yeah, we have lots, lots planned over the next couple of months to get to you. Uh, and amongst all that, too, I, I don't think all you guys realize, but we are slowly but surely creeping up on episode 250 
of the Galaxy Cast, and that is a premiere moment, believe it or not. We're going to hit 250 within this quarter, and I am kind of excited about the idea of us doing that. Um, and we might even be giving some more prizes out soon. Ooh. So, Hondo, get your notebook ready, because <laughs> uh, you might have some hot prizes coming your way. Um, I know there's other people listening to the really podcast. Is it really him who's but getting all these prizes? the one who wins most of my prizes. My so. goodness. Yep. Hondo, don't it's go good. into this challenge. Dad, give not him a, fair. Dad, give him a run for his money. Listen to the podcast and give him a run for his money. Maybe you could win some cool Star Wars stuff, too. So... Uh, with all that said, we we oh. are we're gonna move on here in just a little bit. We're gonna talk about season two, episode two of The Mandalorian. Uh, but uh, again, just a reminder: you can always contact us on all of our platforms. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter. Find us on YouTube. Uh, we you know anytime you want to find us, you can, or you can just email us at galaxycast at gmail dot com. Uh, with all that, we're gonna take a break, and we're gonna be back in just a moment uh, to discuss season two, episode two of The Mandalorian. It's a trap. No, it's a break, but we'll be back in a moment. From Kenner's Star Wars collection, each sold separately, large-sized Darth Vader with his lightsaber. Princess Leia, champion of the rebel cause, with her defender Luke Skywalker. You can swing him into action on his grappling hook. And load Chewbacca's laser crossbow. Star Wars large-sized action figures. Up to 15 inches tall and ready for action. Large-sized Darth Vader, Chewbacca, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, each sold separately from Kenner. He traveled to the moon of Bogdan with the intent on making the most money he could. After all, that's all he ever did in his life. He was hired to travel the galaxy and hunt down those that others would refuse to hunt down, always relying on his Fire Spray 31-class patrol and attack craft. He never knew any other life, but then again, he also chose the life path he was on. He longed to be a father, but didn't want all the ugliness of love and relationships. Luckily, the person he was about to meet with would solve all of those problems for him. It would also make him 20 million credits richer. Then again, he was about to become the father to over a million sons, so the credits really didn't do the job justice. Although he fathered all these boys, there was only one that would personally refer to him as son. He would eventually take his son on his own first bounty hunt mission, where they met a Twilight girl who had run away from home with her Faline lover. While on this mission, his son questioned his decision to work with others. Like any father, he explained that all moments in life are moments worth learning from. Eventually, that Twilight girl jumped from a balcony after her deal with the Black Sun organization fell through. But this bounty hunter anticipated her moves, caught her, and returned her to her family. On their way out of Ord Mantell, Dad told his son he was proud of the role he played in his first bounty hunt mission. This father had spent his whole life living as a member of a society he had never really seen. See, he was born on Concord Dawn, but that was only a moon of the planet he hoped he would visit one day. He had a mentor and eventually became a Mandalorian foundling. Although no one ever called him a Mandalorian because Prime Minister Almec insisted he was a bounty hunter who had simply stolen armor from Mandalore sometime in his troubled past. But the fact that he was never called a Mandalorian never discouraged him from becoming one of the best bounty hunters in the galaxy. Of course, having friends like Cad Bane, Aura Singh, or eventually Zam Wessel meant that you were among some of the best bounty hunters around. 
He never shied away from a fight, especially with his two Westar blaster pistols that he refused to give up because he thought they were lucky. Besides, he had learned how to spin them. See, his father met with the Sith Lord Darth Tyrannus and eventually agreed to become the father of the clone army, the largest non-robotic army the galaxy had ever known. His face was everywhere, including in the eyes of his son, Boba, an unaltered clone. He had aspirations to do more, but his life was cut short on Geonosis by Mace Windu. And he? Well, he is Jango Fett. And now you know the rest of the Galaxy Cast story. Do you own a business or a podcast? Are you looking for ways to expand the audience you reach? Then Star Productions could help you. Southern Tier Audio Recording Productions started off as a homegrown audio recording company, offering professional recordings for aspiring musicians. It is now a multifunctional business, offering DJ services, recording, and advertising services to those who own businesses and podcasts. Email us at galaxycast at gmail.com with the subject advertising if you are interested. We look forward to creating a professional commercial for you that can be used in this podcast or even at your local radio station. Many have exclaimed that our services are out of this world. trying to get your frog eggs from one planet to another? Don't have a container to put them in? Then you need Frog Egg Tupperware. Frog Egg Tupperware will guarantee that you can transport your frog eggs and the water they sit in safely and securely from one planet to another. We helped keep your frog eggs fresh by using our vacuum seal containers to keep them ready for fermentation. But other containers make it hard to haul those frog eggs around. No worries. Frog Egg Tupperware provides you with a secure carrying system that allows you to attach straps and carry your frog bags in a backpack-like style. But wait, there's more. Do you want everyone in the universe to know that you are carrying around unfermented eggs? Excellent! Frog Egg Tupperware comes with an internal light-up system to make it obvious what you are carrying around. Besides, who would want to eat frog eggs? Only a small, green-eared, gremlin-looking creature would actually want to do that, and who's seen one of those? So call 1-800-TADPOLES and get your frog egg Tupperware today. Welcome back to the Galaxy Cast. Roger, 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 roger. Hey folks, welcome back to the Galaxy Cast from your Star Production Studios. I hope you enjoyed that little uh, intersect in the middle there. And we are back to talk about Season 2, Episode 2 of The Mandalorian. Uh, Austin, do you remember offhand, what was the title of the that? The Passenger. Episode? The Passenger. So, uh, this was an interesting episode all around. Uh, I say that because, I mean, at least from the perspective of... It had a point to it in that it was definitely important to the storyline. It Seemed like an odd episode. Do you, do you agree with that? Yeah, it was one. Just looking at it, because we just pulled up by NDB, it's got a lower star rating from episode one and episode three. Yeah, like episode one's eight point five, episode three is eight point three, but episode two is a seven point nine out of ten. Yeah, which just shows that people were a little 
miffed of it? I don't know. There were some well, things. I, I think people were thrown off by this entire episode, and there's several things I think that, that threw people off. Uh, and I, I could talk about some of those a little bit. Like, I know for a fact that one of the things that people complained about was it didn't feel like Star Wars. Remember Eric always talked about... That, like, feeling of Star Wars, right, what, what Star Wars felt like, yeah. Right, you want it to feel like Star Wars. And I gotta admit, this episode it felt brought, more like, brought you out of that feeling. It felt like Star Trek, to be um, honest. No, I'm actually... I think you nailed it on the head earlier when you were talking as we were watching this. I think it felt more like Aliens, and a, a there was a mix a of it too. too there was a it. there was a mix of it with the spider creature, which we'll talk about later. It felt like Aliens, but with the descriptions of planets and systems and how they're described, it almost felt Star Trek as for that because it wasn't like X Y Z system with certain moon numbers and stuff like Clone Wars described it as. This felt like it's talking about a particular gas giant or this or that, and. Star Trek Enterprise, which I've been watching recently, been catching up, talks about it like that a lot. So l- let me let me kind of break down the episode a little bit. So at the beginning, we see the Mandalorian kind of coming back from the last episode where he scored Boba Fett's armor. At least we're assuming it's Boba Fett at this point. And he's racing back to the ship with Grogu to leave the planet. And they get attacked. And I thought that scene, actually that scene with the attack... Scream Star Wars for sure. Yeah, you know, the, the fight choreography. You know, uh, the fight choreography was great. Having the little guy that tried to, pick well, a, he tried to pick up a laser just as tall as he was. Well, that I was going to talk <laughs> about the fact that he tried to hold Grogu hostage in mm, order to to get, get the, the Mandalorian's jetpack. Yeah, to to <laughs> and the Mando was like, yeah, I have the kid. Fly. And, yeah, and then he, and he makes the guy fly with the jetpack. And I, you know, you pointed out too, and I, I caught it like the second or third time I watched. That Grogu kind of like gives him this, like, him. yeah, this like unapproving grunt like a, when he makes really? the guy take off, and, and <laughs> I do think we're starting to see Grogu. Actually, if you pay close attention to Grogu throughout this entire second season, he starts to get a bit of an like I, I want to say a personality and kind of an attitude about him. You you, you hear him kind of clap back at the Mandalorian every once in a while, especially when he gets a little too. I don't know, aggressive, I guess, is the best way to put yeah, it. Yeah, but that, that that makes me feel more like Yoda out of, like, the Clone Wars and such. He's hesitant to fight. He's more of a fighting as a last resort, and that might be a Jedi Order I, thing. I was going to say, I think that's a Jedi thing, and I, I think that's okay that they're showing that because I think they need to show that, and I'm kind of glad that they're not holding back on showing that maybe Grogu does have, like, an opinion about some of this stuff, and maybe he's not happy with the Mando... For doing all the crazy stuff he does. So, because his speeder bike gets blown up and all sorts of crazy stuff, he has to figure out a way to transport that all. He uh, grabs he a handlebar of the bike, throws it over his shoulder. On his shoulder and walked back to whatever town it was he was trying to get back uh, to. Most Isley, because he was at Most Pelgo. Was that Most Yeah, that's yes. right, because he went to Most Pelgo. So we are on Tatooine, so it totally yeah. made sense. Yeah. <laughs> so he gets back to Most Isley, he goes to a cantina, he meets up with the woman that we met last season. Um, Peli Mato. Peli Mato, right? And, yep. and so he, he gets back there with Pelimato and he he starts having a discussion with her and she knows the the guy she's playing who well it's not even a guy it's a creature it's a, a what do you call that it's a I don't know it looked like an ant to me I, I don't know about you uh it looked more like a a, a fly head if yeah. you will all right well, a fly head with like antenna and then he had a praymantis like body 
Yes. <laughs> so it was kind of a weird creature. I, I thought it was kind of cool. It's actually. a cool looking creature. I love it. It's, I like it's very Star that, Wars. Yeah, I like the fact that yet again we're in the Mos Eisley Cantina and we're meeting these weird, odd creatures. And I think and that that's, that's totally remin- fits Yeah, in it's with totally Man, reminiscent of Episode Four yeah. when you walk in, you have. What's the race with the blue fa- face and the like? Cad Bane. I'm kidding. His name, his character, creature's name. You get Duros. good shit. There's Duros. Duros. Yeah. There's a whole ton of creatures. So I, I, yeah. I thought that was great. I thought that was a great, you know, way to show did that you, we're in the web back in Tatooine. Did you see at the bar that there's a big yellow, like what I can only describe as a big little hair monster, talking to somebody at the bar? Yeah, <laughs> kind of looked like the creature from that Res- was uh, from Star Wars Resistance. Yeah, and I was just thinking about it, going, he I doesn't think, have his mop. I think, that's what it, I think that's what it was. I think it was Mop Guy was showing up. Maybe Eric inspired him to bring Mop Guy into reality. So it, hey, he doesn't have his mop or his uh, his cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> so he fought, he basically pays for their Sabok game. Yeah, Sabok game. And in exchange, he's going to get information about Mandalorians. And that's when we meet the frog lady. Uh, he, he basically, they go back to the hangar, and Pelly tells him that there's somebody who can tell him where Mandos are, but she's gotta, he's got to take this frog lady to the planet with him. And, oh, by the way, they're going to Trask, and he can't Use travel space. hyperspace because she's got these eggs with her that she needs to take with her, and hyperspace will kill the eggs. Uh. And I just thought, this whole episode... Now, here's the big controversy that Star Wars people freaked out about, and I just laughed, because I'm like, apparently you people don't know anything about farming. Also, it's a freaking science fiction show. Well, forget the science fiction show part of it for a minute. People freaked out because Grogu suddenly saw all these unfertilized eggs and was like, oh, candy, you know, it was like... <laughs> Lunch! Right, and wanted to eat them all, and... I didn't see that as a bad... I, I laughed. I thought it was hysterical. I know there are people like, ew, gross, how can you do that? And I'm kind of like, okay, so let's have an honest discussion about, about what, you know, <laughs> the foods you eat, okay? Now, I get it. There are vegetarians out there that won't eat meat. Like, I totally get it. There are vegetarians out there that won't even eat eggs, okay? Fine. Yeah, they're that's vegans. A, that's right, they're vegans. I, I get it. That's a life show choice. There's no way. I'm just being honest. I could never be a vegan. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not a rabbit food person. Nope. I could not sit there and eat just lettuce for the rest of my life. I, I just, it's not in me. I think you, um, you would, if somebody made you do that, you'd probably punch I, I him would, in the face. I would just curl up and die and then go out and hunt a deer and eat it anyway. <laughs> Raw if I have to, you know. So I, I, that's just not who I am. I am a meat eater. I am, that's just who I am. And I yeah. don't, I do not judge people for being vegans or vegetarians. That's fine. It's a life decision i totally get it but understand that when you're eating eggs whether it's fried eggs scrambled eggs whether you're eating poached eggs whether you're eating eggs benedict eggs not benedict you know any egg you're any eating egg. is an unfertilized egg understand that's what you are eating that's what this frog lady has with her is an unfertilized egg i don't see that as a big deal I know people were grossed out bored by it, but you know what? I'm kind of like, get over it, okay? Grogu, this must be like Skittles to him. I don't get it. Other than, than he obviously enjoys eating them, uh, likes eating them, and they must be pretty tasty to him. On the other hand, this is the same creature that in the middle of the episode decided that spiders were also a good 
delicacy, especially ones that I think had, he was, like, green snot on them that for some <laughs> reason did not seem to hold him back from eating the spiders. No, I think what was, was really going on is he was getting hungry. They didn't have any meat on the ship because he basically donated the entire uh, roast of meat that they got from the crate Dragon to the lady uh, on Moss Eisley. And so they don't have any meat on the ship, and he's upset, and he, he keeps getting told no not to eat the eggs because Mando does not approve. Well, flat out, I just think maybe Mando doesn't realize that this kid, and it's a kid, mm. is eating as much as he is because he's a kid. Kids eat a lot when they grow. And that might uh, be the other thing. You know, as far as we know, he could be a teenager in his, his species. We don't know. And maybe he's eating more than the average teenager because, you know, teenagers eat a lot when they're when they're growing. And maybe even kids do. So maybe he's a growing say, kid, you know? Yoda's not much taller than Grogu, I no, I but I would think. imagine they eat a heck of a lot when they grow, right? Yeah, like, I, I would want to know, size. and this is just my curiosity, I would want to know what a toddler looks like for these creatures, because he's already small. Yeah. A toddler would probably fit in your your hand. Probably. <laughs> like, so I, I, I just found that whole, like, I, I wanted to address that a minute, just because I thought that was kind of a weird reaction a lot of Star Wars fans had, and I'm like, uh, apparently you don't understand your food and, like, what you eat, okay? Nope. I mean, like, just reality... You're eating unfertilized eggs when you eat eggs. You can be grossed out by that. I totally get it. But, I mean, reality is I eat eggs. I love eggs. I, I'm not going to sit there and, and judge. But, you know, that's 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 a decision I make. I, I like eating eggs. I never understood this thing, but people like fried eggs that are not, like, the yolk's still running on, an, on a burger. And I don't get that. <laughs> oh, I've had eggs on a burger. I like eggs on a burger. That's good. I- I just yeah. don't understand that that fascination. I don't want the runny egg on a burger, though. I like the nice hard-boiled egg on a burger. But anyway. That might be better, but I've never been the one to even try that. Okay, so long <laughs> story short, we decide, okay, we have no other choice. We're going to have to bring Frog Lady with us, and we're going to go try to find some Mandalorians. So on their way, and of course, Mando, I think, is a little irked that he has to travel sublight. Because he's he not only being hunted. Yeah. He's getting hunted like any other he's, bounty hunter. He's not even being hunted just by the bounty hunter guild. He's being hunted by the New Republic, which we find out, right. for his issue with the one episode which with the I, prisoner I transport. About, I was just about to get there. So on their way there, two X-Wings pull up next to him, kind of like the police. Uh, I think the only thing that would have been funnier is if they had had the lights going, you know, woo, you know, and, uh, Like anybody who gets a pull Roll them up. Right? Like anybody who gets pulled over by the police, you know, it's never a fun experience when you get pulled over by the police. Nah. And this wasn't a fun experience for him. He, it's also not as fun when some cop pulls up behind you and suddenly gets a call and turns your lights on. You wonder what the heck you did wrong. Yeah, I know you had that happen to you a couple weeks ago. But it's, Freaked you know, me out, man. Police, police moments are never a fun one. And, and basically, they ask him why his transponder's not, you know, you know, sending out a, uh, info. And, oh, I'm an old ship. Well, you can't do that. Uh, he at least ping us. Now, I'm assuming if he, they ping him, that, that the ping will reveal some information about the Razor's Crest, which I don't think. I think it's more like, it's like a license plate. It's like a license plate thing. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. So there's so ger- it's like a ping general. of a number, and they run it through their server, and then suddenly they switch to Channel 2, and it's like, oh, this guy was here attacking this prison ship. This ship was there, so we got to bring him in. <laughs> That's what really happened there. So they, they, they ping him, and they ask him to ping himself. And basically, at that point, they ask they ask about the situation on the the ship. Now they mentioned the ship, and I, it took me a second, and, and the, I, I didn't really realize till either. I think at the last time or this time that what they're really talking about is the ship that was from several episodes ago on this season. That was basically the the mm. prisoner ship last season. 
It was from last season. Season, and season one. So because they asked that, Mando decides, okay, this is not going to end well for me. So he takes off. He doesn't say a word. Uh, he he just yeah, it just takes off. And I thought it was interesting that they, immediately the X wings are like, oh, we got a runner, you know. So and the fact that it's what Dave Filoni and uh... it's Dave Filoni. And then here's the interesting thing. And and this is where I kind of like. I know him. Like at first, I was kind of like, I, I I was looking at the guy going, I, I know him, but I what do him. I know him from? <laughs> the guy's name is Paul Sun Hyung Lee. By the way, he is now not only canon, but probably one of the most famous cosplayers of the Rebel Legion. Because guess what? He is now part of Star Wars lore. Uh, so Paul <laughs> played Captain Carson Tava. Now we know Paul because Paul is from the Canadian garrison oh, of yeah, the Rebel Legion, and we've seen him for. And uh, Paul came down several times when we've been running other events. Mostly, we have met him in Rochester when we've done the Strong Museum Star Wars events. He's been there several times. Paul's a great guy. I've talked to him several times. I've hung out with him uh, at Celebration a couple times. We've done. Uh, we've run tables there. Uh, he was running the Rebel Legion table while I was running the Mando Mercs table, and we were just talking a little bit. And uh, just a really cool guy, very down to earth guy. He was kind of cool to have around, and it, it was kind of fun to see a Rebel Legion member cross over and become part of Star Wars, the Star Wars universe. It was kind of cool to see that crossover and somebody become part of that so yeah it was that was that was kind of a cool moment so they take off and they they go after the mando ship and there's one heck of a fight on the on the planet i don't know they don't even identify what planet they're on do no they? They just, so they're it's definitely a a ice type planet uh mando bangs the crud out of his ship uh, in order to get away well, from he, these guys. Well, he, he did Beggar's Canyon and then uh, failed because he landed on the ice and it was yep. too thin and crashed through. Uh, and, yeah, that was the part that, you know, when it crashed, I mean, that you could see the whole ship kind of, like, almost yeah, break like, in half. I mean, it, it looked like it did. It bent on a nice 35-degree uh, angle I thought angle they were kind of, like, totally screwed at that point, which, little did we know, that's not even the beginning of what was going <laughs> to happen. Uh, so they crash into this planet. It's not looking good. The, the hull of the... The Razor's Crest is pretty much breached. Meanwhile, we've got Grogu, who's still trying to get a hold of the eggs, and he's eaten a couple now at this point. Mando's getting mad at him for eating these eggs. Well, my favorite is, is we get to the end of the... I'm going to go find your, your eggs and uh, find some blankets. He opens up the door. Where are you, kid? Yeah, like, what are you doing? So <laughs> He flips a blanket up. <gasps> so they they decide that they've got to repair the ship, but he decides they he's going to take a nap first. Mando's big on naps in this episode for some reason. I'm not quite sure why what what the big deal is, but he's going to take a nap and he's going to he's going to tells her to relax for a little bit and then they're going to figure out what they're going to do cuz they'll figure yeah. it out at night. <laughs> she doesn't allow that. So she decides that she's sick and tired of him napping around. I am kind of curious as why he's napping as much as he is in this episode. So she hooks up the vocabulator to the droid that he captured several episodes ago. Zero. And starts talking to him through that droid. And that's when we find out that this is the last of her species. Her husband's looking for a planet for them to live on. Uh, she's got all these unfertilized eggs that are the last of their kind. And she needs to get to him within 42 hours or the eggs die. Not the last of their kind. Last of their family line. Okay, last of their family line. Still. So, significant. It's a big deal. And yeah. she demands that Mando follow through on his promise that he get her to this planet. So I guess at this point he's kind of like, oh, fine. you know. And then he goes out and he starts working on the ship. Uh, you know, Grogu watches him work on the ship a little bit, but all of a sudden Grogu is making noises and telling Mando, hey, she's uh, she's gone. Like, she, she left. She took off. 
And so he starts tracking her with the amazing tracking device he has in his helmet. Yet again, I don't which understand. Which is awesome. Which is it's awesome, but I don't understand, like, you know, why he doesn't use that more often. So he tracks her to this pool where she's in hot water and she's in there with her eggs. And, like, I get it. That's keeping her warm and it's probably helpful to her. She's a frog person. I get it. Maybe it's even keeping the eggs a little longer. Maybe. But shelf life-wise. Maybe. I'm, I'm, thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking that if you notice the... The, you know, the Tupperware <laughs> that the eggs are in <laughs> is like, you know, it, it had a low, it looked like it was low on power. At least that's from what I could from tell. From what I could tell, the blue bar right, was is low. the bar is how long did they have to live in that jar. I'm guessing. So she, I think she was trying to prolong their life. I agree with you. So gr- they get there and of course Grogu's trying to grab a bunch of them and yelling it looks at like- them, like, let me get them, <laughs> let her get the eggs. Because he's, he's looking at it like, ooh, bobbing for apples. <laughs> so then Grogu does a typical kid thing, you know? Well, if I can't eat this, well, I guess I'll go find something else to eat. So he turns around, <laughs> starts walking through the cave, and walks up to one of these like things sticking out of the ground. And this is where it really got to be alien-esque. Because the minute he started playing around with the egg, I'm like, no, 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 no good things come out of playing with eggs. I'm like, that thing's going to open up, it's going to jump out, it's going to shove a repositor down your throat, and you're going to have eggs in your stomach. Way to go, Grogu. Well, the way it opened up, too, almost opened up like the eggs it for did. the, it, it the alien thing. It's the all like sides the eggs from flipped aliens. open. Yep, all four sides opened it's up. It's like, he's just looking at it going, but then when you, like, when you see the little spider, and he reaches in and grabs it, I'm like, no, what are you doing? Like, what? And then he just starts eating it, and I'm well, like, uh, he sniffs. Okay. He sniffs the outside of the egg and the spider before he puts yeah, it in I his guess, mouth. But still, <laughs> but I'm still sitting so there he, going, he "No, the spider covered in, uh, you know, the best way I can ex- describe it is gack." And, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, this thing's kind of good." And then he realizes all the other eggs are opening up, and I can't help but again, he goes back from to, like this to whoa. <laughs> yeah, I can't help but think back to like Alien, where where uh, you know once you did something to one of the spiders you kind of pissed off the whole bunch of them and i think that's kind of what happened here grogu ate one of them and they're kind of like oh really let's all come out and we'll uh see if you want to see us too <laughs> and so he starts rushing back to mando crying crying <laughs> um and mando's kind of like crud so they they quick start finish gathering up the eggs they the, the frog, lady frog lady grabs her, her clothes with her tongue, tongue. <laughs> that was kind of a weird moment it was like the, i don't know what i and don't know what start the... running for the ship and of course out of nowhere comes the giant mother spider <laughs> uh by the way these remind me of the Bormir monk spiders so if you watched rebels uh star wars rebels it was in there it also reminded me of there's a spider in return of the jedi if you pay close attention in the background, when they're walking by at the beginning of Jabba's palace, you've got the Gamorrean guards leading in C-3PO and R2-D2. There's a spider that walks by in the background. And uh, I think it's the same style of spider. Uh, and I think this is where Gary has a problem with this episode. I'm just guessing with Gary not being here. Those spiders are not... They're supposed to be desert-born spiders, and now all of a sudden they're showing up in... A frozen um, tundra. A frozen tundra. And it just doesn't seem to, to mm. line up in the Star Wars universe. I think that's one of the things he has an issue with. But I thought it was funny as they're running back and Mando's shooting him left and right and blowing things up and using his, his flamethrower. Uh, she starts running back, but not just running. She's now leaping like a frog. Yep. And I just I thought it was kind of actually kind of a cool moment. A lot of thought of people, again, went, you know, that's not right. Makes it look like, you know, like... She can do things that she's not supposed to be able to do. Some people were like, "Well, it took me out of the moment." I'm like, "No, she's a frog lady. Like that's the whole point. She, like she's in, sh- it. she's in stress and she's in panic, so right. she defaults back to her 
well, primitive style of running, which right. was hopping around, hop around from from probably lily pad to lily pad. So they jump, they get back to the ship. The spiders start basically invading the ship. They go to the cockpit. They have to fight their way <laughs> into the cockpit. Then the spiders are trying to keep them from closing the door, and Mando has to flame throw them. And and, and we find she out she shoots some spiders yeah. on Grogu, and they finally lock themselves in the cockpit. And he decides, okay, we got to get the heck out of here. So they start lifting off the Razor Crest, and just as they're about to break free, down comes Mama Spider and kind of ends that whole thing. I love the music cue here, because you had the heroic music start as they start to ascend, and you have the slam, and you have that descend out of the the heroic music, and I'm sitting there going, that's cool. (laughs) And then the Mama Spider starts breaking through the glass, which I had said, uh, there's only glass between you and the spiders, this is not good. Uh, when we first watched it, yes. sure enough, I was absolutely correct. It was not good that the glass was the only thing between them and the spiders. And so, long story short, just as things look completely bleak for Mando, out of nowhere we see blaster fire, the, the mama spider's dead, all the other spiders seem to be getting shot. Uh, Mando slowly starts to make his way through his ship back out, and that's when he discovers the X-Wings found them, came back. Hmm. And they start asking him questions about what happened on that prisoner ship. And they tell him that basically they're going to erase his record because he helped the New Republic guy that was on the ship. If you think back to that episode, he actually helped Yeah, the his, guy. his officer name was Davin. Davin. And he locked up the three people he was with on the ship, so kind of traded them off for the one person he took. Kind of worked out in the end for him, and I from my understanding, they're going to basically erase his record and he's free and clear to go. Now, you complain to the, you know, why didn't they help him? Why didn't they, you know... The guy's ship has whole opened. He can barely take off. He's basically stuck on a frozen tundra. And I've heard a lot of people say that online, too. And here's what my answer is to that, okay? First off, they're just police officers. If you look at them just that way, no police officer is ever going to help you fix your car. They will call the tow truck, as I've pointed out, if they're feeling good, they are not required to do that, by the way. A lot of people think that police officers are required to call the tow truck for you. They're not. If you if you call a tow t- company on your own and you get it taken care of, you can do that without the police. And they, you don't need the police around to call a tow truck. Um, they don't are not required to call a tow truck. They don't have to. Uh, just like they're not required necessarily to help you if you're on the side of the road. They usually do, um, but they're not required to. So I'm just pointing that out because technically, as a police force, they did not were not required to help him. So yeah, they leave his broken butt ship there and say good luck with that, and we'll see you next time. And this time, have a transponder on your. You know, next time we're in the sector, make, make sure you have your transponder on, or we're gonna f- shoot so, you out of the sky. Mando, interestingly enough, he seals up the cockpit, tells him, "Hey, the hull is basically gonna be completely left open, and we're getting the heck out of here and getting over to Trask." And uh, cozy yeah. up in the cockpit. I'm gonna cozy up in the cockpit and make that pressurized as they, as they take off. The, the Razor's crest is looking like a disaster. Um, the fact that they're flying through space and you can see through the hull of the Razor's crest, you can see the flying. light flickering the door. Uh, it's it's kind of scary. I, I, this was the first time I'm like, wow, that that ship just got pummeled. Uh, you know, and you pointed out earlier in the episode, this this ship's a lot like the Millennium Falcon. It goes through a heck it of a lot. It goes through so freaking and, and much. And you, you fall in love with this <laughs> ship because it's just, even though it looks like total disaster zone, uh, it's like, you know, it's it's Mando's ship. You, you, you love the ship. You love the, the, the vessel he's in. Uh, yeah. And I, I think the last scene is one of the best telltale scenes of the whole episode. 
uh, you know, Mando's like, hey, you know, get get some sleep. It's gonna be a long, it's gonna be a long ride. And the frog lady's lady, like holding her her unfertilized eggs, and Grogu turns around, looks at her, kind of double checks to make sure she's not looking. She starts to put her eyes closed, and he just goes. And he turns around and pops in one last egg. <laughs> you had to get that last skittle in before you know well, their long trip out to Trask, and uh, and that's how we end the episode. Yeah. Um, now I will say this: of all the episodes of the Mandalorian up to this point that we had watched. This one was kind of one of those, like, okay, not necessarily important storylines, right? Like, when you look at the grander scheme of what goes on, especially later on in the season, we've seen the whole season at this point, and we'll get to those. I promise we're going to get to those episodes. You're going to later look back at episode two and go, eh, it wasn't really totally necessary. Didn't really do much to move the storyline forward, other than it gave a Rebel Legion member a chance to be part of the Star Wars story. It also tied up the end with what happened with the prisoner ship and Mando's dealing with it, we kind of tied that yeah, off a little bit. Yeah, it did kind of tie that all together, but but in the long run, the whole the whole story really didn't didn't do much as far as like the storyline. It's mostly filler. It is mostly. So with that in mind, let's let's take a minute and, and rate this episode. So again, a zero is a don't bother. Ten is a must see. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I don't care either way. I'll go first. I'm gonna give it a six. Okay. It's not boring. There's some things that didn't feel Star Wars. And there's some things that are hilarious if you're paying attention to the background, like when they're talking and the frog lady goes up in the ship, Grogu is like inches behind her. Oh, <laughs> and yeah, I didn't yeah. I didn't notice that. You had to point that out yeah, to me. Yeah, I did, because I noticed he was like, see, I mean, he's he hauling butt. He's hauling butt for this little creature <laughs> to get up the ramp to go after those eggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's little things that if you pay attention to the background, there's funny little things going on with Grogu that if you really, really pay attention to the background, you'll catch them. I got to pay attention to the background more like you and Gary do. I had to yeah. like sit there and watch it. I'm not that person. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. So you give it a six out of ten. So it's six not a it's not a like it's not average a, show. It's, it's a little above average. It's a little above average, but it is very much filler. It is not leading any more towards progress of the season. It is just more of let's get this done and kind of cover this detail and have something to go on with. See now, for me, uh, this episode was like a five. It was it was not again. It's in the middle. It's not necessarily needed. It's not horrible. It wasn't an awful episode, but at the same time, I kind of feel like this episode was. Eh. You know, when people ask me about this episode, I'm kind of like, meh. You know, like, I didn't hate it. I, I know there's a lot of people that hated it and thought it was awful and thought the unfertilized egg thing was unnecessary. I thought that was kind of a nice, funny through line. I didn't hate that part of it. But I I, did, I was not a fan of the Boromir monk spiders being in mm-hmm. that cave. I'm not sure why that happened to be a thing. Uh, I just, I don't know. The whole episode seemed a little drawn out for a story that could have been told a lot shorter. I'm not sure... Again, it felt fillery, and when you get to the next episode, you start to realize it's not as fillery as you thought it was initially, uh, but it is definitely a filler episode, especially when you consider the dynamics of everything else that happens in this season. Okay, so those are our thoughts on this episode of The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 2. We'd love to hear from you, so head on over to our uh, webpage, Galaxycast at galaxycast.com you can find us on facebook you can find us on youtube you can find us on twitter yes we're still out there at this point and you can also email us galaxycast at gmail.com and let us know what you think uh and that'll wrap it up for this episode of the galaxy cast and we'll return very soon to review season two episode three of the mandalorian and as we like to say here in the star production studios may the force be with those who listen Shazam.
Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of the GalaxyCast. We hope the show enlightened you on some of the latest stories in the realms of science fiction, fantasy, and cosplay. We appreciate your time, and we also value your opinion. We'd love to hear from you. Please take some time to send us your feedback at our email, which is galaxycast at gmail.com. Or you can contact us via social media. Just head on over to Facebook or Twitter and search the word GalaxyCast, all one word, and leave us some comments. If you want to see some behind the scenes of our production, head on over to YouTube and search GalaxyCast there as well. You will find us under our Star Productions banner. The GalaxyCast podcast can also be found online at GalaxyCast.com or through your podcast aggregators like the Apple Store or Spotify. The GalaxyCast is a production by Star Productions. Themed commercials within this episode are also written and produced by Bob Chrisman through Star Productions, all rights reserved. Music from the intro and outro of the GalaxyCast can be found online at www.silvermansound.com. Intro music is titled Switch Me On, and outro music is titled The Gatekeepers. You can find links in our show notes. Until next time, GalaxyCast fans, follow the first star to the right, and straight on till morning.